Learn from the greatest marketing minds in business, media, and entertainment. This is Marketing Legends. Here's your host, Matt Lights. What's happening, friends? Welcome back to Marketing Legends. And today we're going to get very, very tactical. We're going to get into the good stuff when it comes to running ads, not just on YouTube, but all over the web. We've got Mr. Alaric Heck who is one of the top advertisers in the game. And what I love about Alaric is he knows how to teach to help you get results. And he's about to drop some bombs, some stuff that I didn't even know. So be ready for a good one. Have your notebook handy. And uh, what you want to do is if you want to grab some awesome bonuses, go to marketinglegends.com slash Alaric. That's A-L-E-R-I-C, marketinglegends.com slash Alaric. And with that said, let's go ahead and kick this bad boy off. My man here with Alaric Heck. How are you, Alaric? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you too, man. You are a legend. And uh, I, you know, I got to start out with this. All right. This is, this is the line that was burned into my brain and millions of people's brains. YouTube ads beat Facebook ads every time. All right. Like, how did that one ad, that one line, what kind of impact did that make on your business? That one ad is an eight figure ad right there. Wow. So, I mean, that ad we scaled up uh, and it, it has generated over eight figures in the original ad that we ran. Originally, it was to a webinar. We did kind of an alternate variation of the end to, uh, to a VSL at one point as well. But that ad itself uh, generate over eight figures for us itself. And obviously, you know, we've done multiples of that uh, as a business overall. But that one ad, that one angle, uh, it's uh, it's made a big impact. And I think that just goes to show you have a great, you know, angle positioning. You got to test a lot of things. We tested a lot of angles uh, before we got to that one. And uh, and once you have a winner, you scale it up. That's so powerful. Uh, first of all, that you're listening to the right person. I mean, he obviously, he's the expert when it comes to this stuff. But the that ad, for those people that didn't see it, it was not the fanciest ad, right? I mean, and this is you, literally, you're standing where you're at right now, I believe, right? And, and, and just, you just said, you just had the opening line. So that hook, right, that you said you did a lot of testing, what is that process to find that hook and how important is that hook to an ad? Yeah, so the hook is really, really valuable. There's kind of three main components to an ad. There's hook, educate, call to action. The educate is something that's unique to us as well. It gets that in a second, but the hook is basically the most valuable part because that's what really captures people's attention. It pulls them in, it primes them for the ad. And there's something really special about that hook that I'm gonna get into in a second because it's a combination of intrigue, pattern interrupt, it actually calls out a problem, walks through a solution. I'll give you a little bit more in depth of the hook itself. But when we go to write these different hooks, what we wanna do is we wanna come up with five, six different variations. And that's what we always walk our clients through. We always recommend having a few different versions of the hook and then going and filming those. And um, we recommend filming all the hooks back to back and then the educate section individually, the call to action section individually. We'll talk about that later, kind of putting it together in post-production. Uh, but when it comes to the hooks, I always recommend write five or six hooks and then do a couple extra hooks on the fly that just feel right. And what I'll tell you, a little piece of trivia is the YouTube ads beat Facebook ads every time hook was not one of the originally scripted hooks. It was one of our uh, couple extra ad-libbed hooks that we did uh, from that film shoot. Then, of course, once we found it worked, we, we refilmed you know additional variations of it. But the original version that was one of the extra ones. That's why I always recommend you know 
as you're in that flow state, you're filming these, these ads, these hooks, um, add a couple extra ones in there because you never know if that's going to be the big one. I love it. That is great feedback because you know, you're, you're, you got this plan, right? But again, think about the structure that he said. This is, and this is, he does it in a unique way. Obviously his programs teach all of this stuff very in depth, but you know, the, so much of the emphasis needs to go in that first that first couple lines. It's like one to two lines, right? Nothing more than that. And just to 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 be in that space and just to kind of throw them out and then find what sticks because I, it's a lot of people. I'm sure you've 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 coached you know thousands and thousands of people. I think when they first start in, in advertising, yes, you need amazing ads, but it's a lot of it's got you got to have the right mindset going into it because. Most of these things don't work, right? I mean, most of the stuff you throw, you stick it, throw it at the wall and it just falls down. Yeah. And that's what I really call that, you know, the entrepreneur's mindset um, is so valuable because in everything that you do, every test that you make, you either win or you learn. So that Mm. actual ad is either going to be that winner that you can scale up or it's going to teach you something that's going to get you closer to that next winner. Maybe it's just a few small variations or changes. Or it could show you what doesn't work, what messaging doesn't really land with your ideal clients. And then it checks that, you know, uh, knocks that off the list. So now you focus on uh, what will work the best. So it's always win or learn. And that's with anything in terms of, you know, marketing, advertising, but also business in general, right? If every action that you take, you're seeing this is either success that we can scale up or it's something I can learn from and then not do that again, learn from what didn't work as well and use that to make a better uh, ad or decision next time. I like win or learn, man. I think that's really, really, really solid. So people, you know, they're getting into it. And, and I, you know, I want your honest opinion on this. Um, I I feel like it's gotten easier to actually run ads than it used to be, right? Now, I don't believe that it's easier to create the ads. I mean, it's probably even more competitive than it's ever been. And I think that the quality of the creative is probably more important than it's ever been. But would you agree that like to actually go in and physically do the work and do the optimization and the targeting, do you find it to be easier than it used to be? It's definitely gotten easier than it used to be. That said, there are still things because I think a misconception is, is that it's easy to know the advanced strategies. It's like the, the plumber analogy, right? It seems easy when you watch a plumber go in and just you know tighten a couple of bolts but they've been trained over years and years and years to know what bolts to tighten, right? And that's why they charge a premium and why if you try to, you know, fix your uh, your faucet yourself, you could be, uh, you know, uh, running into some problems. And so I think that that's the thing that's really important is that, yes, it's gotten easier. And the, the general uh, results to get good results has actually gotten easier, you know, cross-platform. Mm-hmm. However, you know, on, on different platforms, however, to get the best results, to get alpha results, that is what's actually gotten almost a little bit more hard unless you know the right strategy. And so that's why, you know, and we'll get into this too, like our strategy is the alpha AI targeting strategy, really training Google and YouTube's AI. That's something that's changed. This has changed over time. It used to be more content targeting. So targeting, you know, direct placements in front of videos or channels or keywords, you know, people who have been around, you know, they, they might remember people talking about or even myself talking about you know, targeting YouTube ads directly in front of videos and these placements, that used to be how um, these YouTube ads were primarily run. Well, today it's now audience-based, right? So it's all based around who that person is. What are they searching for on YouTube? What are they searching for on Google? That's custom intent. 
we'll get into all these things in just a second. But um, in terms of the targeting, it it is really now about training Google and YouTube's AI to get alpha results. One of the examples I say is if everybody has access to, you know, to this new ease of, of advertising, right? And this new way of, of going in and using all the tools that Google and other platforms have, well, then you're just going to get the same baseline results yeah. as everybody else. What you want to do, and it's similar to in the stock market, right? You could get the S&P 500 and that's good long-term, you know, and what do we want to do today? We're all about maximizing that return on ad spend, getting the best results, getting alpha results. And that's where you actually have to spend a little bit more time and actually understand the strategy of YouTube ads, which we'll cover, you know, inside of this episode here. But, you know, really understand the strategy to be able to train Google's AI and who you're looking to reach to get better results than the ad. Well, I'm excited to dig into the strategy because I have to make a confession right now. Um, while I heard you say that Google ads beat Facebook ads every time. I've never been able to do it. So we spend right now uh, about five times more money on Meta than we do on Google. And uh, so, you know, and obviously like every business is, you know, is different, but um, I absolutely do believe that there's more potential scale on YouTube. And so I'm sitting here, you know, like I, I wish I had my notebook handy um, because I, 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 you know, I think you had a wonderful point, and I, w- I certainly was not making light of. Um, just so everybody's aware, you, you know, it's as Alaric sa- said, to be great at anything, you know, there's a there's levels, right? Um, but I do want to encourage everybody to, you know, where there was a point in time where it was like so hard to even get in the game and figure out what the heck was going on. Um, now what's really interesting is, is, uh, you know, for us and clients, sometimes we're seeing that, uh, believe it or not, and I, I, you can tell me if you've, you see this a lot, not targeting sometimes works the best. Uh, and, and I'm excited to get your take on that, but, um, we've got campaigns where literally we've turned the targeting off and just let the algorithm, you know, send it to whoever the heck they want and it's gotten the best returns. Now it might be different on Google. Maybe this is why, you know, we haven't cracked yeah. the code. So, <laughs> so I'd love just your thoughts on, you know, just, just audience targeting and like, what is that? I, I love your term alpha. Like what's, what is needed to get that alpha level results? Yeah. And I think that that's something that's actually really specific to Facebook because of the way that the platforms work is, is going to be different mm. between Facebook and YouTube. So I wouldn't really recommend that on Got YouTube. It. Definitely not earlier stage, uh, you know, before there's more data built up, but also just in general, even once you have an account that has a lot of data, you know, uh, we're just finding running the audiences performs better. Right. Um, we'll get into that in a second. But on Facebook, one of the reasons that works is because it's more interruption based marketing that is built around an algorithm. You know, Facebook, you know, it's more an algorithm that's almost gamified to try and figure out with their pixel who is most likely to sign up for this, who's most likely to do this or that. And there's good elements to that because it means you can run broad targeting and you can, you know, find your pocket of people. But the challenge with that is sometimes that means that it's harder to scale those campaigns because there's all these different variables that are inside of that that maybe don't linearly scale because it is a little bit broad. So after you tap into one pocket, it might not perform as well. It might have a roller coaster effect. This isn't always the case, but that's one of the things that you'll see because it's more interruption based, right? People are scrolling like, oh, you know, I'm interested in learning, you know, how to how to build a bot, you know, and how to do these yeah. different things. But it's a little bit different than let's say on YouTube, 
you can target people based on custom intent. This is what they're searching for on Google or YouTube. Let's say they're looking up, you know, how to start an online business or what's the best online business to start or how to make money online, you know, or, or even, you know, how to make money with AI or things like that. Let's say they're look, looking those up on Google or on YouTube. What we can do is we can target people who have recently made those searches by using a custom intent audience with those keywords inside of that custom intent and then targeting people the next time they're on YouTube after recently making those searches. So now they're going on YouTube. Now they watch a video, unlike Facebook and, and, and Meta, right, where sound is off by default. And so it's less than, you know, usually less than 10% of those videos actually have uh, audio on. Mm. It's the opposite on YouTube. It's uh, about 90% have audio on and only 10% of audio off, right? So it's the exact inverse. And so on YouTube, people are watching, they can hear you. Now they're excited. Now they're, they're, they're watching that video and you can hook them, capture their attention. You know, if they're looking to make money with AI, this is the best way to do it and get into bot builders, you get into how, how it all works. And, and then from there, you educate, you provide some value. It feels like a YouTube, you know, YouTube video that they might stumble upon uh, normally. And then you have a call to action at the end to actually learn how to implement this here's our webinar, and then they can click that link. And so that's ultimately what we want to do is we want to reach people when they have intent, when they're in the learner's mindset. And if you're sending people, especially to a masterclass or webinar, what are they doing on YouTube? They're watching videos, they're consuming content. They're not just kind of mindlessly scrolling. So they're more likely to actually go through and start watching the rest of that video. And that's one of the things that, that works really well there. Well said. That intent is is huge. It's the it is the major difference, right? It's like stop the scroll versus, hey, this person actually wants what it is. So, um, the uh, it's a it's a custom intent audience. Is that the phrase? Or a- yeah, custom intent. Yeah. And there's a few different ones, and I'm happy to kind of break those down too, because there's a few different ways to target people based on that as well. Got it. Um, we'll take any, this is gold yeah, for us, yeah. right? Absolutely. And, and, and I'm asking for a friend, by the way, Alaric. This isn't for me, <laughs> right? I'm asking for a friend. But anything you got, man, throw it at us. We'll take it. I love it. I love it. So there's a few different ways to go and target people. So there's pre-built Google audiences. And that's what we were talking about before. That's what a lot of people have access to. Those can work well. Those are like in the market for marketing, advertising, things like that. But that's not where we like to focus. What we like to focus on are these custom audiences. And there's a few key types of custom audiences. And the three that we found perform the best are custom in-market um, in market audiences and affinity audiences. So that's what people are interested in when they're in the market yeah. for. So that's kind of where we're more describing them, right? So they're looking for, uh, so they're interested in maybe AI, interested in, you know, making money online, interested in, you know, uh, leaving, you know, leaving their job. Like there's, there's descriptions that we can put and Google's pretty smart, right? So we can put, they've seen every search query and, and the same way, you know, you put in a search query and they know what to give you. It's the same type of thing with targeting. It's really interesting. Unlike you know Facebook, where there's kind of a set number of interests, you can type in um, specific interests here, and I'll get to a tool that you can use uh, to actually make that a little bit easier. But basically, you're putting these in, um, and this this is what describes the, the in market, like they're in the market for learning how to do this or uh, learning about AI or you know many chatbots or whatever happens yep. to be. That's kind of the first one that you can do. There's also um, the custom intent that we talked about. So those are Google and YouTube searches. So you can target people based on what they've searched for on Google and YouTube. We found that those work really well and you want to test different things and test different angles. So you could create an audience that has 
you know, keywords around people trying to make money online mm-hmm. and build their online business and start their first business. You could do it around more AI, how to, you know, capitalize AI, how to monetize AI. You could do one more on bots, you know, how to build many chatbots. You could also do one that's maybe, uh, you know, a little bit different, but maybe they're looking at um, affiliate marketing. They're looking at, you know, Shopify stores, and then you might have an ad that says, don't do this, do this instead, right? So don't just build a Shopify store, you know, build, a, you know, build bots and, and sell them to businesses instead, right? So you could actually even get creative with some of that as well with the targeting. But then there's actually a, a, another type of targeting that a lot of people don't know about. And this is really powerful. And people are so surprised when I say that this is possible. So this is also, um, you know, the second best hook that I have is, you know, ethically hijacking competitors traffic and sending it, you know, into your own funnel. You might've seen that, that ad. Well, what the, one of the ways you can do that is by actually going in and targeting based on URL affinity yeah. audiences. So targeting people based on websites that they've been on recently or in the past. And so you could put your competitors' websites, but you could also put other ancillary sites too. So let's just say, you know, you're not necessarily a competitor, you know, with ManyChat. You're just helping people actually build out the, the bot build business. So you could put that in as a URL affinity audience. Anybody that goes to manychat.com, now you can have your ads start showing up to those people, showing them how to actually build a bot business. And so that's a really good opportunity for you to go and you know whether it be competitor or complementary sites or just sites that your ideal clients visit you can put those into a url audience and target people based on that as well you're dropping bombs my man i love it this is so good so um the great tips for targeting those three i mean that's enough for people to chew on for sure right um and then you gave the structure how to make the ads um, one thing I, I think that you absolutely kill it with, uh, and I, I'm just everywhere I go, I see your stuff. Like you are a retargeting genius. You're, you you absolutely kill it. So, just tell us just a little bit about retargeting because I think it's one of those things that's like it's very exciting. You know, like people hear about it. Um, it is a little bit more advanced, right? Especially with with Google, right? Because not everybody can do it out of the gates. I think you have to kind of earn your your status to do it, but what's your strategy? What's your overall theory when it comes to retargeting? Yeah. So I have a strategy called omnipresent retargeting. So once you have that lead that comes in and we recommend YouTube, but wherever they come from, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it happens to be, those leads come in. Then what you want to do is retarget them everywhere because you know, they're already interested. So you want to pop up all over the place specifically to them. I really believe one of the most undervalued assets in most online businesses is their retargeting list. Because these are people, exactly, these are people that have raised their hand, said, hey, I wanna learn, I wanna dive in, this is what I wanna do, but then they just haven't taken full action yet, right? So they've done something, but they haven't taken full action. So if you think about those leads, like popcorn kernels, right? And you're putting those popcorn kernels into a microwave, that microwave is omnipresent retargeting because what does a microwave do? It warms, warms up, these kernels from every single angle. That's what you want to do is warm up your leads from every angle. And that's going to get them to pop faster, become new clients for you. So essentially what you can do is start warming them up on different platforms. Mm-hmm. So of course, YouTube retargeting ads uh, and, and, you know, and Facebook, Meta, Instagram, all that stuff. But you could also do LinkedIn retargeting ads. You could do retargeting ads on, you know, X. Uh, you could do retargeting ads on Pinterest. You could do retargeting ads, you know, on Snapchat and TikTok. There's also Google display ads. Google search retargeting too. 
Um, and that's a really interesting one yeah. as well, because what people know is you know how to target people based on standard Google search, right? It's just like, oh, you know, if anybody's looking up something individually. But what you may not know is you can also target people, retarget people with, with search. So one of these big queries, like for instance, you might not want to go and target people who are looking up things like, uh, you know, uh, many chat or even just AI. Let's just even say AI, because it wouldn't make sense for you to target people looking that up. But what about retargeting your own list the next time those people search Google for AI? And then it pops up, you know, make money with AI bot builders. And we're like, wow, you're everywhere. Even when I search for AI, you're popping up, but they don't know that you're not just targeting anybody who searches for AI, you're targeting your people who search for AI. So there's some, some of these really powerful things. Inside of LinkedIn, you can actually send sponsored, uh, you know, in-mail messages to people uh, from your from your profile. It's crazy. There, you know, there, there's some pretty cool kind of ninja tactics with, with LinkedIn retargeting. And, and then AdRoll is really powerful too. Basically what AdRoll does is they go and buy up all the excess inventory. So Google Display will get kind of the premium inventory, right? So kind of top, you know, sites, different things. You can pop up with banner ads. But what AdRoll will do is there's all this excess inventory. Think the weather sites, you know, random websites you might visit, random article sites, news sites. You know, they sell a certain amount of inventory to Google, but there's actually a lot of inventory that's not fully sold. But those are still your ideal people that are going to these sites, like going to weather.com as an example. Well, what you can do is use AdRoll to buy up all that excess inventory for the people that you want to retarget for literal pennies. Like it is the cheapest, you know, cost per impression. But then you just blanket the internet with your face, reminding people to go and take action. And, you know, some of those campaigns, even though the other ones like the YouTube retargeting ads, uh, as well as, you know, Google and LinkedIn and Facebook retargeting those we, we spent more on. I get a lot of compliments on the stuff we did with AdRoll, which is actually a smaller portion of our budget because we just buy up all that extra inventory. So that's another little, you know, um, Love it. pro tip for everybody who's, this who's is watching. So good, man. So um, Google search retargeting is something I wasn't even aware was possible. So that's super cool. Um, and uh, to, to kind of, uh, one of the things that he mentioned very briefly was the Google Display Network, which if you're new to advertising, is something that you've seen a trillion times, but you might not be aware of, right? And I know there's different formats, but it's mostly banner ads, right? It, primarily, right? So um, th- I, you know, I've never had success with Google Display other than retargeting. Retargeting, sure, right? It's a no-brainer. It's super cheap. Like you said, you're talking about pennies. But to, to go out to a new audience, like it's struck out every time I've ever tried it. Um, but you know, it is a little bit more work. You got to make a series of uh, different shapes and sizes of, you know, banner ads. But, you know, there's, there's just this thing where I, I probably saw your ads, not even kidding, 20, 30 times before I checked you out, right? Like, it's just this thing where I think a lot of people believe that they're being annoying. And maybe, you know, maybe you are a little bit, right? But it's this funny thing where it's this almost this point where you kind of reach that like, damn, what is this dude? I'm just going to like, I'm going to click it. You know, I just have to click it. And, and, and it's yeah. just, you, you cannot be afraid about getting in front of people because if you think that you can, in this day and age, get in front of people once or twice and you're going to win, you're probably not going to make it. Um, so the, the retargeting, and tell me if you disagree, it's not the biggest volume play, right? You don't get as much 
volume, but it's the best ROI. It's the best bang for your buck, right? So like it might, I don't know for you. I mean, for us, it's probably like honestly 10, 15, maybe 20%. Like if it's, it's maybe, you know, I don't do, do you guys like what percentage of, would you say your, your actual like results sales come from retargeting? So it, I mean, that's also a challenging metric to track because retargeting touches so many people. So it's, you know, there's different ways of looking at attribution, but the real answer is kind of one of those things where there's a simplistic answer, but, you know, I want to also give the the more advanced answer. So the simplistic answer is in terms of like what we actually attribute and track back to more of a direct click from those is it is somewhere around that 20, 25%. We've had it sometimes be higher. We've had it be lower, but also we do a lot of retargeting, right? So yeah. that's that's a big you know factor. And we retarget people for a long time because that's the thing is, especially if you have something that's a little bit higher ticket, you know, and, um, and you know who you're targeting, you know, you're targeting the right people on the front end. Well, then, you know, it makes sense to keep retargeting them because they not might not buy, you know, or invest uh, or book a call or whatever that next step is, you know, this week, this month, maybe not even this year, right? But if you keep following people, um, you're there in that moment when they're ready to take action. I think that that's the key, but it is going to depend on the business, right? Yeah. It's like, it, you know, if you're an e-commerce product, it, it's that you definitely want to go to follow, you're going to want to follow people a lot less, but then strategically pop up at maybe holidays and things like that back to everybody mm. again. Uh, it's just, it just depends on the business, but um, with, you know, kind of a more, you know, coaching, consulting, expert, uh, even course, you know, different types of businesses like that, there's a really big opportunity to keep following people around. Um, but the other answer to the question that I started diving into is, you know, it, it, it's never a perfect 100%, but the vast, vast majority, like 80 plus percent of people overall that have become clients have seen some form of retargeting that. Now, was that what got them to click and book a call yeah, and become right. a client? You know, maybe not that specific ad, but they saw an ad, uh, a retargeting ad at some point, the the original ad, but then of course some retargeting ad at some point. And there's just, it's, there's just so many of them that, you know, the story of you saying, you know, you saw me pop up again and again, that's what our clients say all the time. They get on the phone. So even though that retargeting ad may not be attributed for that new client, they did see retargeting ads, which was part of their journey which also helps with the ease of sale and helps them become a Love client. it. Uh, this is just, I think, like you said, that mindset of the entrepreneur. It's like you need to get out there. And and uh, Grant Cardone, um, who you also know, that's one of the things I really learned from him because he's like, like he saw that, because that, when he got started, he wasn't necessarily this huge social media person, but he was investing into ads. And then the more people would see them, there was like sort of this value where I'm sure you get this all, you know, all the time, which is like, you certainly didn't come into this. Um, and I, and I complimented you on this when I first met you, like you've, you've just stayed true to you and you're just cool. You know, you're just like a, a chill, cool guy. You don't, you know what I mean? Like you, I don't know if you drive a Lamborghini, but even if you did one did, you probably wouldn't show it in your commercials. Right. Um, but it's like, you've gotten a tremendous amount of, of visibility and, and recognition just because, and I, I probably on a smaller scale, but just the more money we spend on ads, like people just think, right? Like we're still like our, our company still does less than 10 million a year. Like we're very in the, in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about a small business, 
And I, I never bamboozle anybody. I'm always up front. But people just assume that we're making hundreds of millions of dollars because they see me pop up in these ads all the time. And it's almost this funny thing where you meet some... Isn't it funny you meet somebody and they're like, like nervous to meet you almost. And you're like, okay, are you kidding me? Like, this is crazy. So there's a value in getting out there, you know, beyond what you just make today, you are building a brand. And I never used to say that Alaric, right? I used to be like, who cares about a brand? I mean, do you now, do you feel that there's a brand value with, with this type of ad? I definitely feel there is. And you know, it's kind of crazy because I scaled up so much, uh, during, you know, like 2020 and, and COVID and all that stuff. And, you know, and I, I took a pause. I mean, like a lot of people just because things were the events got shut down and stuff like that from like traveling. And we really scaled uh, the ads during that point in time. And I remember the first like funnel hacking live and TNC I went to like after, you know, really having scaled that where I kind of went from, you know, being there and just, you know, meeting different people to, you know, people saying, I see your ads everywhere and getting stopped. And I'm just like, wow, this is, you know, and, and, and it's, it's definitely a cool thing to see the brand. And, you know, obviously I always try to stay as humble as possible with that type of thing, but it's definitely really, uh, it, it's, it's cool to see how the ads have a really big impact there. Um, because you know, people will, will come up to you and you, you get, you really get that celebrity effect by being omnipresent. And I don't think it's just having the ad on the front end. Cause a lot of people mm -hmm. have ads on the front end. Right. And I also don't necessarily think it's the volume of spending a lot on the cold traffic ads. I think what I have seen is the people that are really excited you know, to meet me at different events are the people that have seen my retargeting ads again and again and again that have been in that funnel, right? Because you see a lot of people with the kind of the, the, the standard, you know, the ads at the beginning, but the retargeting ads, you basically take over their internet. And so now, you know, they're meeting the person that kind of took over their internet for a period of time. Um, I think that that actually creates a really valuable effect, but it also creates a really valuable effect on the sales side too. And yeah. I think this is the thing that people don't really look at um, is attribute ease of sale to retargeting mm. ads. When you have really strong retargeting ads, it creates a, a better ease of sale. Now that's more easily tracked on things like a course, right? Where people are buying it maybe on a checkout page, but on, on a phone call, it might not be as easily tracked or a Zoom yeah. call, I mean to say, like on a like a high ticket sale. But, um, you know, so that might not be as easily tracked, but it's what you hear. If you yes. look at the, you know, the qualitative data, they say, I kept seeing it again and again. And if you look at how they actually say yes and the, and the rate at which they do that, um, you know, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, obviously we've all seen ice cold traffic. There's a big difference, right? And you, the more you warm people up before they get to a call, before they get to that page, the more likely they are to convert mm. um, at that point. I, lo I love, this is so, this is, guys, this is gold. Please take note of this, right? Especially if you're kind of struggling a little bit with sales, the easiest way to so to solve your sales problem is just to have damn good marketing, you know, and 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 just just build yourself up to the point where a lot of t people can get to the point where they know they want to do business with you before they even talk to someone. And and when you can get to that level, a lot of things change. So it's it's hearing this that now start thinking, you know, one of the best things that Alaric said is think of your retargeting list, right? You build an email list, you build a messenger list, you build a text list, you build a retargeting list. This is the most underutilized audience that you have. Um, and, and just really be thinking about it. And you know, when you we work with somebody like Alaric or you know, you get training wherever, you, you know, you you can learn these concepts and you can do this. 
And if you just go the extra mile, uh, it, I, and thank you, because you've helped me you know, really recognize that it's not just about, because sometimes I won't go the extra mile in the retargeting, truthfully. Right, I, I won't. I won't go as far. I've never gone as far as you have. Like I've never been like, well, let's get on LinkedIn, you know, because because I'm just thinking, well, what is that going to be? Another two percent? But it's not about that, right? It's 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 really about what is that that extra impression, not just in terms of the messaging, but just like, holy cow, this guy is everywhere, right? Like, dang, I got to do business like with these guys because they do not mess around. So. Um, this has been amazing. I want to just kind of ask uh, a, a softer question. Thank you for like you've you've provided more specific details than we generally even go into, but it's been so valuable. Um, to when I first met you and I learned a little bit about your origin story, you talked about how you know you're you're I think you're 12 years old. Like you were young, right? Like and you just got started. You didn't start in ads. You started as a as a, I don't even think they called them YouTube creators back in the day, right? You you just you figured out how to make YouTube ads, and uh, you started an app channel, and and that's how you started, right? And you're not, and and you're not necessarily, you know, when I first met you, I'm not like this is a guy that's going to go out there and wants to be an influencer. You're not an influencer type necessarily, but why did what it what's got you at 12 years old? Was it 12? Is that right? Yeah, so I started when I was 12. Uh, you know, that was back. Uh, you know, like 15 years ago now, back in, in 2009, uh, I started out um, and I created a channel, AppFind. I was reviewing mobile apps, tech tutorials, teaching people how to use their iPhone, taught millions of people how to use their iPhone. Wow. So, you know, some of these videos got, yeah, millions of views. And basically, you know, really, you know, creating these complete beginner's guides. So teaching people how to use their iPhone from A to Z, showing the best apps for the iPhone, things like that. And um, what I discovered really quickly was people loved watching that type of content. And originally, I just did it for fun. Like the first three years, I wasn't making any money. I applied for the YouTube Partner Program. Yeah, you used to have to apply at that yeah. point. You know, it was, it was more exclusive. I applied like four times before I got it. And uh, and I remember I got into into that, and that's when I started. You know, the channel really started to grow, um, and I started making money from it. And you know, I remember I had hit a hundred thousand subscribers. That's when it was really humming. And, um, and so ultimately, you know, grew it to about half a million subscribers, but basically I would review all these different mobile apps. And one day, it was about nine years ago now, I had a mobile app that uh, came to me and they said, Hey, we would love to do a video on the channel. I'm like, Great. So I, I do a video, they get a bunch of downloads. They say, this is awesome, but how can we get more people to see this video? So they want me to just to post the video again the next day and just do the same video on the channel twice, which... I had to tell them, well, it doesn't really work like that. And, you know, the audience has already kind of seen the video. But what if we take the video and we run it as an ad? So they were a little skeptical. We took $500 and ran it as an ad. They got thousands of users from it. They, they were blown away from that. And so they then said, hey, um, can we go and take this, promote this other app? So we want to keep running this promotion, but can you promote this other app that we represent? And so I do that. And that ended up performing even better. And so this company called me up and I was in college at the time. And, uh, and this was like nine years ago. This was first kind of diving into YouTube ads. They call me up. They want me to drop out of college, fly out to Silicon Valley, you know, join their team. And, uh, I turn it down and that's when I, but I realized that I had something. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I need to make this. And so originally ad outreach was YouTube ads for mobile apps. So I did that for about a year or so. And then, uh, I kind of found the whole world of, you know, uh, click funnels and funnels and things like that. And that's, you know, what kind of brought me into, 
uh, you know, the world of, of actual, you know, like other types of, you know, information businesses and courses, coaching, consulting, you know, products, uh, services, all kinds of different things that you can sell and market with, uh, with YouTube ads. And that kind of brought me into that world and, you know, train thousands of businesses on YouTube ads. And, and now actually, interestingly, we're kind of coming full circle. We've now we're actually, you know, we've got our, our fractional media buyer offer, which is relatively uh, new offer here where we're installing, you know, high level media buyers uh, into uh, into businesses as a, on a fractional basis, right? So similar to people might have fractionals, uh, you know, CMO, you know, we, we were able to go and help uh, our clients work with a high level top tier media buyer that's backed by our team, um, but better than kind of like an agency where it's kind of more, you know, mystery media yes. buyers running stuff in the background, <clears throat> actually having one of our top people working closely with our clients, they essentially have a fraction of their time uh, that they're running those ads. And so that's kind of been the evolution of things over time. Wow. And uh, and that's actually a really exciting new chapter that we've been diving into because we've been I've been training YouTube ads for a long time. We still do. That's that's our bread and butter. And uh, now we're we're helping clients like implement them, at, at, you know, with some of our bigger clients. And, well. and that's the way it goes. Right. I mean, it's just like you start out with just an interest and then that turns into something and it goes this way. Yep. Um, and congrats, by the way, um, I've been trying for many years to hit the Inc. 500. You guys not only did it, you guys were like, an un- what, what was your number? The best number you've hit? Yeah, num- number 60. Number not 60. And then the number shabby. one in Austin, which was crazy. Yeah. So. Not too shabby. So um, that's amazing. Last thing I want to uh, kind of ask you, um, you, you know, so you, you started out very young. So you got comfortable on camera with practice. Um, you know, people are, are going to leave here with a lot of, you know, okay, cool. I need some hooks. You know, I got to educate and, you know, and run these kind of ads. What is, uh, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's maybe a little bit camera shy and, and, you know, is, is hesitant, you know, in terms of like, you know, getting them out there and then, and then really putting their best foot forward when they do. That's a really great, great question. And I love to answer this because I feel like people see me on, you know, interviews like this or on my ads today and they say, Oh, Alric, this must be easy for you. Obviously love to get, you know, in front of the camera. Um, and you know, maybe they're, they're self-conscious and they're a little bit camera shy. Like you said, well, here's the thing that wasn't always the case for me, even though I've had my YouTube channel since I was 12, I had a channel, you know, what I would do is I would be behind the camera. I was a voice, not the face, right? So I was, you know, I had my phone and, you know, in front of me. Uh, people could see my hands, you know, showing the different apps and I was speaking, but I wasn't necessarily in front of the camera. And then, you know, in the early days of, of doing YouTube ads, I was more, you know, working with different businesses before I became, you know, kind of a face of, of the ads, you know, myself. And so when it came time for me to kind of film, you know, my own YouTube ads to, to grow and scale, uh, I remember, you know, distinctly, this was kind of, you know, in 2018, cause I, I had some, some YouTube ads before that, but like, you know, this is, this was really like me kind of putting myself out there. Obviously, I was running YouTube ads for, for different clients at that time. But this is when I was like, all right, now I'm going to really scale myself, practice what I preach with, with these ads. And, you know, obviously ramped that up ever since. But, you know, back in, in 2018, I recorded a video, I was actually 50 pounds heavier than I am today. I was like, you know, overweight, I didn't look, you know, I, I was self conscious of how I looked, I was used to being behind the camera or behind the scenes running ads, not the person in front of the camera, you know. And, um, and so uh, I filmed the video, and I almost didn't publish it. Uh, because I didn't really like how I looked, but I'm so glad that I did because it didn't really matter how I looked, you know, how I sounded. All that mattered was that I was the authentic authority. I was sharing, you know, how to use YouTube ads to, to grow and scale. And actually people really resonated with the fact that I was, you know, authentically doing that too. And so I, I 
published that ad. And that was the first ad to make me over a million dollars. That wasn't the one that I talked about later that came, you know, several years later was the YouTube ads beat Facebook ads. But this was like the original one um, that I did. And that original ad, um, you know, that that was was the first ad to 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 be a million dollar ad in my business. And I almost didn't publish it. And that's because I was kind of embarrassed with how I looked. And I think that that's a really valuable thing for anybody here who, you know, is, is watching this is, you know, you shouldn't be embarrassed about that. You shouldn't be, you know, camera shy, like just speak like you're talking to a friend and show up as the authentic authority, mm -hmm. right? You have so much expertise, so much credibility, especially, you know, I, I work with a lot of, you know, people who are coaches, consultants, you know, course creators, things like that. Like, you know, you're, you're an expert for a reason, right? So you, you come out there, you share your expertise, you demonstrate that. If you've got, you know, products, services, whatever it happens to be, you know, showcase and demonstrate those. And, you know, people are going to see you as the person that, you know, created that. And, and I think that that's really valuable too. So I think really it's be about being the authentic authority, not being self-conscious and just showing up as yourself um, and also leading with value. That's Love it. Yeah. So if you're giving, what else do you got to worry about? And, and thank you for sharing that story. It's, I, I'm personally have always been, I'm, I'm much, much, much better now. Um, but I, I'm going to share my story just to kind of tag onto yours. Um, I've, one of the things, especially when I was young that I've always been self-conscious about is my teeth, right? When I was a kid, my family didn't have time, you know, money at the time to get me braces. And it's always been this, this thing. And, uh, I, I had, um, a situation when I, when I did my first ad for bot builders and I posted it out there, because I've always been the high, guy behind the guy. I didn't have the beautiful hands like Alaric to be the hand model, right? But I always had a, you know, a front person that was in front, you know, and I never had to worry about that. And my very first ad that I posted, um, I, I think it was the second or third comment, is like, dude, if you're doing so well, why don't you pay some money to fix your teeth? And I just remember it was like, oh, you know, like, ouch. Um, but that experience was so valuable for a couple of reasons. First of all, because what happened is it went, I don't want to use the word viral, but like all of a sudden the ad blew up because people all jumped in to defend me. Like, dude, you're such a jerk. Like, why would you make fun of somebody? You know, like it was a really ended up. So it made me realize that like, you know, a little bit of hater is actually, you know, uh, uh, a good thing. And it's just, you know, just this reminder of, of, everybody starts there, you know, like everybody does like, and it's, and you just got to be kind of okay with it feeling awkward and uncomfortable and, you know, and, and it helps to hear somebody like you share. That was my first million dollar ad. I mean, that's the, hopefully that's enough incentive, you know, to turn that dang iPhone on. You don't got to be perfect. It doesn't need to be fancy equipment. You know, you just got to get it started. Uh, Cause you know, it may not be the first one, but if you keep showing up, you know, you hopefully you'll have some of those million dollar ads under your belt as well. So, um, Alec, you're you're uh, you're amazing, dude. I'm glad to get the chance to to spend some time with you. If you were to give, you know, the people one parting shot on the way out, what would that be? Yeah. So definitely, I think the you know the big thing is really to take advantage of everything that's possible with with YouTube ads and and with video marketing right now. I, I really believe. Like video, uh, marketing on video, specifically YouTube, is really second only to going to events and kind of talking to people face to face, mm -hmm. right? You know, but that's not scalable. So you need to actually find a way to get your message out there. And I really do believe that video is that key because they can see you, they can hear you, they're watching, they can actually interact with that ad. 
and you're providing real value that gets them to take action. So, you know, it's the hook, educate, call to action, targeting people, you know, using those custom audiences based on what they're searching for, you know, websites that they're going on or things that describe them, those in-market audiences. And, and if you want as well, I'm happy to share. I've got a resource. It's, it's a, a PDF. It's like a 19 page PDF kind of walks through step by step how it works completely free. Um, and, uh, and that's like my gift to anybody who's watching or listening. You could just go to adoutreach.com slash gift. That's A D O U T R E A C H dot com slash G I F T at outreach.com slash gift. And you can get that full 19 page YouTube ad strategy PDF as well. Rock and roll. All right. You the man. Appreciate you. And to everybody listening, have a wonderful day. Rock and roll. Thank you, buddy. Boom. How you like that? That was some serious knowledge bombs right there. So hopefully you did have that notebook available. You jotted that stuff down. I mean, that was some real practical, put it into action and go make that cash register ring. I mean, that's just one ad literally could make you a million bucks. It's happened to me, happened to Alaric, happened to many people. So uh, hopefully you got a lot of value from this. Um, if you haven't already, you need to go right now to marketinglegends.com slash Alaric. That's A-L-E-R-I-C, marketinglegends.com slash Alaric. And when you do, you're going to get a huge basket full of goodies. You're getting a ton of bonuses that we've put in there. Um, Alaric is not only going to provide the uh the the manual that he mentioned earlier but he's going to also include an entire training that's going to help you get your ads up and rocking so to a tremendous amount of value but here's what's more important you get all this for as little as a one dollar donation and this donation is going to an awesome charity a cause called opportunity international awesome charity because of the fact that it doesn't just you know help people it helps people help themselves. It doesn't just give them the fish. It teaches them how to fish. And we absolutely love empowerment around here. So again, go to marketinglegends.com slash Alaric. And if you enjoyed this, I would really appreciate share it with a friend, leave us a review, help spread the word and keep tuning in because we do this for you. So with that said, this is Matt Lights Out. We're in this together. This has been Marketing Legends. Go big, give back, be legendary.